There was an amusement waiting for me and a gift shop in Tenali, Denali National Park. I was in Eagle River with a few family members for my nephew's high school graduation. We were visiting the park for a day, the place of the largest mountain in the United States. You may have heard it as Mount, or learned it as Mount McKinley. Um, it was a name, that was a name given by a gold prospector in the early 1900s and adopted by the federal government in 1917 and to honor President McKinley. But in 1975, the state of Alaska asked that the name be officially changed to Denali since that is what almost everyone in Alaska calls that mountain. In that I noticed the, the style of hats that I like. Uh, it's really their caps, like baseball caps, but they're smaller, right? So, um, and they're not that foamy stuff. They're the nice cotton. I really love those. Um, but they were selling for a very reasonable price of $5, which at the time was a really great price and today would be an even better price they, because they normally went for 20 or 25 and probably now today go for 40 Um but why $5? And um, the clerk in the gift store said, yes, they're $5 because the name is misprinted, but we're selling them that way anyway. Look closely, she said. And there it was. Instead of the name of the park, Denali, D-A-N-A-L-I, the misprint was, you see it, right? Denial. D-E-N-I-A-L, Denial National Park. So I bought two, <laughs> and I gave one to my therapist. <laughs> we had a joke between us. That was when R&D, research and development, was a current buzz phrase. I heard it all the time when I lived in San Diego. Maybe it was a late 90s thing, or maybe it was just the industry logo in California. It may still be a thing. Uh, but I'm just not in those circles anymore to hear it. But my joke with my therapist was that I was in R&D, but instead of research and development, it was resistance and denial. That's a joke. So resistance and denial, as referred to here, are about resisting truth and denying reality. What reality? It could be personal to each of us. The truth about who we are, our shadow side, our needs, and yes, our gifts as well. It could be denial of what's happening in our lives, our circumstances, and also how we choose to respond to those events and circumstances. And we can so resist dealing with our present reality by trying to avoid it that we make choices that take us deeper into denial and give us even more to try to work through relationship troubles, addiction, shopping, eating. Avoidance is a form of resistance and denial. And let's face it, sometimes what we are resisting is change. There was a popular saying in my Zen Buddhist circles at the time, what you resist persists. You've heard it, I'm almost certain. Um, it's still popular today, but it was, um, it was always delivered as a sort of warning that you may as well deal with whatever was coming at you because turning away from it only made it whatever, it, whatever it was, whatever you were resisting, show up more intensely in your life. 
and then it dogs us until we're willing to face it directly. Facing reality, overcoming resistance and denial is a personal task and it's a spiritual task as well. Accepting our present reality, including oftentimes our resistance to acceptance, frees us up to be more frees us up to be more of our real authentic self and to respond in the moment to what our current life circumstances need us to respond to. Pema Chodron so beautifully says, let difficulty transform you and it will. In my experience, we just need help learning how not to run away, she says. What we resist, persist. And what we can accept, transforms. Years ago, I read Alice Walker's book, Possessing the Secret of Joy. It is written as a novel that Newsweek magazine reviews as an amazing, horrifying and readable, angry and warm-hearted, political and human. It is all those things and it has a political mission. It helped me face a hard truth about life and society. It helped me learn about a different type of resistance, resistance to oppression. And I will say that facing my own resistance and denial to my own life allowed me to open up and see this type of resistance as a positive, as necessary. Many of you are already well versed in this as I have heard many of you term, use this term in this way. Resistance to oppression, resistance to empire, resistance to dehumanization and violence, resistance to despair, resistance to business as usual. Resistance to measuring our self-worth by our work and what we achieve and produce. What a concept that would be if we could do that. Resistance to accepting that oppression is the norm. Resistance to believing that to be an American means that our success is eventual and that any failing is our own individual fault. Resistance to closing off our feelings and stuffing them down and getting numb and number. Resistance to isolating ourselves and growing increasing, increasingly distant from others so that we check out. Resistance to disassociating from our bodies, from thinking that the mind and body are separate. 21 years of working in the holistic, field, holistic health field helped me to know that the mind and body are part of the same system. Resistance to thinking that we only deserve rest, pleasure, and play when we've worked for it. What if rest is an act of resistance to empire, to despair? What if pleasure and play are necessary? They are. Resistance to assimilation, to thinking that we have to be like everyone else or look like everyone else. 
resistance to despair. These are the things our society tells us we must do to be happy, to belong. But I say to you that these things are the boulders of resistance and denial in our lives, the ways we prevent ourselves from living fully. Because we're not seeing the truth, and we're not being told the truth, and we can't tell others that truth. Like with so much of life, there is the paradox of acceptance. Yes, we must accept how life is and face that reality, and we must not accept that it has to stay that way. Once to every soul and nation comes a moment to decide, we sang earlier, for the good or evil side. Two quotes and a story. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a Lutheran pastor and theologian. His words are still so relevant for us today. Silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. If you don't like the word God, put something else in there. But we will not be held guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. Writer Naomi Shulman says, nice people make the best Nazis. My mom grew up next to them. They got along, refused to make waves, looked the other way when things got ugly, and focused on things happier than politics. They were lovely people who turned their heads as their neighbors were dragged away. You know who weren't nice people? Resisters. A story from Twitter, <laughs> Twitter user's name is I am Rage Sparkle. <laughs> I want to be Rage Sparkle today. I'm omitting some of the more colorful descriptors and giving the essence of the story. It, but you know, if you find this thread, read it because you know it's a better it's better told that way. I was at a crust punk bar. Crust punk is a type of music. I was at a crust punk bar once getting an after work beer. One of those places where the bartenders clearly hate you. So the bartender and I were ignoring one another when someone sits next to me and the bartender immediately says, no, get out. And the dude next to me says, hey, I'm not doing anything. I'm a paying customer. And the bartender reaches under the counter for a bat or something and says, out now. And the dude leaves, kind of yelling. And he was dressed in a punk uniform, I noticed. Anyway, I asked the bartender what this was about. And the bartender was like, you didn't see his vest, but it was all Nazi symbols, iron crosses and stuff. You get to recognize them. And I was like, oh, okay. And then the bartender continues. You have to nip it in the bud immediately. These guys come in and it's always a nice, polite one. And you serve them because you don't want to cause a scene. And, because you, and then they become a regular and after a while, they bring a friend and that dude is cool too. And then they bring friends and the friends bring friends and they stop being cool and then you realize, oh, no, this is a nightmare now, and it's too late because they're entrenched. And if you try to kick them out, they cause a problem. So you have to shut them down. And I was like, oh, 
Right. And he said, yeah, you have to ignore their reasonable arguments because their end goal is to be terrible, awful people. And then he went back to ignoring me, but I haven't forgotten that at all. In 1945, a philosopher named Karl Popper introduced a concept that he called the paradox of intolerance. Unlimited tolerance must lead to the disappearance of tolerance, he wrote. If we extend unlimited tolerance, even to those who are intolerant, if we are not prepared to defend a tolerant society against the onslaught of the intolerant, then the tolerant will be destroyed. The tolerant will be destroyed and the tolerance with them. In other words, if society is tolerant without any limits, the intolerant people will eventually destroy it. We should therefore claim in the name of tolerance the right not to tolerate the intolerant. Once to every soul and nation comes the moment to decide in the strife of truth with falsehood for the good or evil side. When I spoke earlier of the things that we must in fact resist, that we must tell the truth about, and I mentioned going numb as a way to, to um, as one of the things that we have to resist doing. I will admit to you that I could not think about the school shooting in Nashville. I couldn't bear to think about it, much less feel it, until yesterday. It took me that long to cry about it. And then the rage set in. Are we willing to fight to keep our children alive or not? Are we anti-racist or not? Do we support the inherent worth and dignity of every person or not? Can we set boundaries on intolerance or not? Are we behaving like we are part of the interconnected web of existence or not? We must decide, but then our actions must match those decisions. We can be kind, but we don't have to be nice. We can be the resistors. And good news, as always, we do not have to do this alone. We can build something together here and with others in Loudoun County who were already working on building that, many of you already involved. How can you not be? Because to be otherwise is a pit of despair. <laughs> Near the end of Alice Walker's book, Possessing the Secret of Joy, two black women read a story by a white woman about black people possessing this secret of joy which is, and this is a quote from the book, why they can survive the suffering and humiliation in, inflicted upon them because they possess the secret of joy. Well, the, neither of the black women in the story know what this mysterious secret is. 
Each asks the other, what, what is this? I've missed out. But the last page of the book reveals that resistance is the secret of joy. Perhaps in the form of love, perhaps in the form of rage, perhaps in the form of willingness to fight. We are the resistors. There are seven practices that activist and blogger Talia Cooper um, offers us. Forms of resistance. I offer these as spiritual practices. Some of these you heard about in the Time for All Ages earlier. Movements, collectives, groups, organizations, neighbors and friends can get together and learn about oppression and envision liberation. Organizing has worked over and over again throughout history and will continue to do so. You, in your neighborhood, can bring your neighbors together and find out where they are on things and determine that it won't happen in your neighborhood, these acts of hate, or that you will do everything you can to respond. Self-care and community care. We can decide that we're worth it and we're vital just because we're alive. We can take care of ourselves and we can also take care of each other in community. We can help each other stay grounded and connected and resist despair and create hope. We can tell our stories. We can tell our personal stories and the collective story about the white supremacy, colonialism, patriarchy, and Christian hegemony that founded this country. With our stories, we can refuse to be lied to. And healing. We can use therapy, support groups, co-counseling, practices, art therapy, and more to get even bigger, bolder, stronger, and more powerful. We can use the wisdom gained from our healing to create better policy and support communal healing through practice like, practices like reparations for slavery and connection. We can dare to cry, laugh, and share our real feelings with all of the people in our lives without placing a limit on the number of people our hearts can love. And love, we can love. We can refuse to buy into the idea of spreading self-hate. Even in our hardest moments, we can remember we are a human with a human body and we deserve the goodness all humans deserve. And finally, art and culture. Artists can rise up everywhere all the time to say we will not accept this world we will build a better one. We can choose to learn about our ancestors, their histories and traditions, and find ways to reclaim them afresh for ourselves. With practice, our resistance and denial can transform into an, accept, into an acceptance of a reality we have been unwilling to see, a willingness to believe that all is not lost. I need you to believe 
that we can make a difference. We create hope together here with each other. We can find a contentment with what we have and we can have a generosity of spirit. This kind of resistance can empower us and lead us to joy. The joy of human connection, the joy of knowing each other and our stories, the joy of supporting each other and being supported and the joy of taking that out into the world. May we seek that and find that in our personal lives and in life, the life of this community. And we, may we build it in this land for all of life. May that be so.